Welcome to Wildlife Matters, a podcast from Dorset Wildlife Trust. Join us as we share news, articles and conversations exploring all the work we do to protect wildlife and wild spaces here in our beautiful county of Dorset. In today's episode, I'm here with Steve Oliver to talk all about the Dorset Beaver Project. Hi Steve, nice to have you with us here today. Fantastic, yes. So I'm Steve Oliver. I've been part of the Wildlife Trust here in Dorset for 15 years. Um, I'm part of the Rivers and Wetlands team. I have the really lucky role of looking after our Dorset Wildlife Trust Beaver Project. Such an exciting local project that we've got going on. Um, And yeah, there's lots to to talk about. So my first question would be, why did we decide to bring beavers back to Dorset? And when did the Beaver Project actually begin? So Dorset Wildlife Trust Beaver Project got officially underway back in February 2021. Um, so we released two Eurasian beavers, Castafiber is the Latin name, back in February 2021 onto the site in order to study the impacts that these animals have on their local environment. So the project that we've got out there in West Dorset is very much a scientific study of the animals. So the impacts that beavers can have on biodiversity, on water quality, on water flow. We're managing, we're looking at all these sort of things because beavers are such influential animals. They are keystone species. They have dramatic uh, effects on other wildlife. The fact that they can build dams, create wetlands, they can really, really change a landscape. Um, as you're probably aware, there's such a hot topic of conversation these days in the conservation world. Um, so beavers, used to be free roaming across the UK years ago. They've been here, been on our, in, on our for millions of years. Uh, sadly, in the UK, they disappeared back in, um, back around 400 years plus ago. Um, they were hunted to extinction. Uh, the main reasons why they were sought after animals, so um, three reasons. So they were hunted for their meat, they were hunted for their fur, and also for castorium, which is a secretion out of the castor glands. Um, which was used as uh, a painkiller, so used for medicine, basically. Um, so those, those three things meant that they were really, really sought-after animals. So sadly, yeah, they disappeared from our shores. Uh, the figure that's usually talked about is the 400 years, but in some parts of the UK it would have been a lot longer than that. So they've been missing for a long time, but they are, rightfully so, a native species to the UK, um, and they were here long before we were. So bringing them back is a really, really exciting step in, in, in the conservation world. Because these animals have such influence over, over a landscape and create that wetland environment, they have the potential to really, really generate life in, back into a landscape by, the, by just doing what beavers do. Um, so yeah, it's a really exciting project to be part of. Brilliant. So I know the beavers are obviously in a non-disclosed site for their own safety, but can you tell me a bit more about the habitat that they are living in on site? The site we've got out in West Dorset, it's an enclosed project site, so it's fenced. So we've got a license for five years. Um, And yeah, we're going to be studying the the animals closely. Um, It's very much a partnership project. So we're working with um, Exeter University and Wessex Water very closely. There's PhD students doing really, really good studies out on site. Um, So yeah, lots and lots going on. Um, So science is a big key thing about the project, but also raising awareness and understanding about what it means to have beavers back. So they've been missing for a long time, but 
reintroduction projects are going to be happening ar around England. And, and we all need to be learning about these animals because, let's face it, um, they've been missing for so long, it's, it's, it's gone from our culture. So we don't know what it's like to live alongside these animals. There's a lot of myth-busting to do. We need to learn a lot about these animals. And um, so, yeah, a major part of the project is learning about these animals. So raising awareness and understanding of exactly what it means to have beavers back in a local landscape. So as part of the project, even though the site is a locked site, it's an enclosed project um, where there's no public access, we are doing a lot of engagement work there whereby we, we can take guided visits there. So by invitation, people will be coming to the site and we've done quite a lot, a lot of that already, which is great. So yeah, education is a big part of, of the project. So as you say, beavers have been missing from Dorset for 400 years. How did the project get started and you know, what work was involved in preparing the site? Yeah, sure. So uh, yeah, lots and lots of preparation went, in, went into getting, getting uh, the project up and running. So it was a case of selecting a, an appropriate site. Um, so these animals, they're semi-aquatic rodents, so they need fresh water. Um, so it needed to be a fresh water site. Um, and once we'd found that site, it was a case of, right, we've got a license for an enclosed project. So we had to go about building the fences and getting all them installed so that it, the, the site was basically ready for beavers to be introduced. Somewhere where we can actively study the animals and, and, and keep them safe as well. So in order to get this project up and running, we, we obviously needed funding and uh, was a massive part of that. And the, the generosity of the, of the Dorset public was, was absolutely key to getting this project going. So major donations came in and um, there was an appeal that went out and, and there was so much positivity that came back when we, when we said that we were looking to reintroduce this species uh, to a site in Dorset. They were, that yeah, people were really, really positive about that. And, and yeah, we got some great donations from lots and lots of people that came in. And without those donations, this project would never be up and running. So it's a massive thank you to everyone who's been involved um, in, in the process so far. So as you mentioned, beavers are actually semi-aquatic animals. How would you say they're more suited to life in the water than other rodents? So yeah, they're incredibly well adapted to the freshwater environments. So they have a number of features. They've evolved over time, obviously. So um, they've got an incredibly, incredibly thick fur. So they've got long guard hairs and they've got a soft, uh, dense underfur as well. So they've got two levels of, of that make up their, their fur. So really, really good insulation against cold water. Um, they're obviously, as I mentioned earlier, they're, they're big, chunky animals, so they're, they're robust. So again, protecting themselves against the cold. Uh, but a number of other features. So with regards to their feet, so their hind feet, mm -hmm. they're quite big and they're webbed also. So when they're in and around water, with regards to their swimming, their hind feet are very much involved with propelling them through the water. Um, so their, their front feet pretty much just hang in front of them. Um, they're very small, their front feet. They're, they're more like hands. Um, so all the, all the propelling through the water is done, is done by the, the hind feet, which are webbed. And then they also have a really distinctive tail, that scaly, fatty tissue. Um, that makes up their tail. Now, their tail is, is sometimes used as a rudder when they're swimming, but the, the biggest use for their tail is to help, help them to balance um, when they're in and around their watery environment, but also 
it's used for communication as well. So the beaver tail slap. So beavers slap their tails on the surface of the water, creating a loud noise if they sense danger. And they do that in order to communicate with other beavers that are in the area. Area. So if beavers hear a tail slap from another beaver, they're going to go to cover. They're going to go back to the water and dive down and submerge themselves so that they, in which they feel safe. Um, so the tail is a really, really important feature. Uh, other adaptations, so they have small ears. So with regards to taking on water when they're diving in around their watery environment, they're not going to take on water. They've got small ears. So yeah, a beaver's eyes are also really, really adapted to their watery environment as well. So they've got a secondary eyelid, which is see-through. So they can effectively shut one of their eyelids and see through it, a bit like goggles that we'd wear in a swimming pool. So in order, it enables them to swim underwater and see what's going on. Even though their eyes aren't particularly good with regard, their vision's not particularly good for a nocturnal animal. They've got particularly small eyes, um, but they, all their senses, so their eyesight, their hearing, their smell, etc. They know exactly what's going on in their environment. Um, other adaptations, so I talked about their forepaws, their, their front feet. They're, they're small, so not used in swimming really, but they're used in digging. So beavers are burrowing animals. Uh, they create a burrow and then a lodge system in which they sleep during the day. Um, and those, those forepaws as well, really, really dexterous, very hand-like. So when they're eating vegetation, um, so for example, they've harvested some willow. So they've, they've, they've gnawed down a willow, they've harvested the branches. Um, they then sit near the water's edge and they can twiddle the willow branches in their forepaws uh, and strip that bark layer off, off, the, off the wood, which is what they're after. Um, and yeah, their forepaws and the dexterity makes this really easy to do. And when you were preparing to, you know, uh, get the site ready for the beavers, what challenges did you face, if any? So, yeah, getting the site ready for beavers. So the fencing is obviously paramount. An enclosed project, you need to have the fencing, proper fencing in there to, um, to keep the animals safely where they should be. Um, and as you can imagine, fencing in and around water is probably one of the hardest sort of fencing jobs you'll ever ever do so we had to we had to get certain consents as well because you're putting um fencing across the river so consents with regards to um yeah uh, uh, putting structures across the water was needed so we had to go through various stages um and then we, we used local contractors and dorset wildlife trust staff as well um we got a whole group of people out there to put this fencing up um, so that was done about six months before the beavers arrived. So we could test the fencing, water going in and out of the site. It was crucial that everything was secure um, before the beavers eventually um, were, were brought down. And you mentioned fencing the beavers in. Did this have an, any effect on the surrounding wildlife or wildlife already in the site? Sure. So um, we, we did certain surveys um, to start with to see what other animals were using the site. So we wanted to make sure we weren't penning anything into the site or excluding anything really so we, we want animals to be able to come and go as much as possible so the fencing is designed to let certain animals such as otter deer etc come and go um, but at the same time it's a fence that's very much specifically designed for keeping the beavers safely in the enclosed in, in site where they're where they're living yeah obviously keeping the beavers safe is extremely important in a project like this do they have any natural predators in dorset or in the uk um, so beavers, uh, naturally, so historically wise, they would have been 
predated on by bears and wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about you, but I've, I've not seen many of them around in the, <laughs> no. last, in the last few weeks. Um, so in this day and age in the UK, you've got um, you've got potential predators of of young beavers, which are known as kits. You've got predators such as um, potentially foxes, badgers, um, mink, otter. So young young beavers, the beaver kits are vulnerable to predation. Once they are fully grown, so a fully grown beaver can weigh 20 kilograms uh, in weight. So beavers are the second largest rodents in the world behind the capybara of South America. So they are big, big, robust animals. So an adult beaver is, is, is pretty well equipped to defend itself. They're, they're chunky, big animals. Um, so these, in this day and age, like I say, there's, there's less that's gonna predate on an on a, on a adult beaver, but like I say, young beavers are, the kits are vulnerable to predation. And once the beavers have been released onto the site, which I bet was an incredible day for everyone involved, what were you, what, what, would, what would you decide you were gonna start looking out for and monitoring? Um, so yeah, as, as a project officer, we're looking after the project on the ground. Yeah, the, the day when the beavers were introduced to site was just an incredibly okay. exciting day. Um, so the, the beavers were relocated under license from Scotland. So they were trapped up in Scotland and then brought down, brought down to Dorset by trained ecologists. So all done nice and calmly, nice and safely. Um, and then <clears throat> after a series of health checks w- which were done, they were then released onto site. Um, and yeah, it was a really, really special, special moment. Obviously a lot of hard work and efforts gone into the, getting the project going. So seeing these animals safely enter and step foot on Dorset soil for the first time was in, in well over 400 years. It was an absolutely magical experience and um, so, so great to see. Yeah, wow, that sounds incredible. How, how do you think the beavers are getting on now? How have they settled into the site? Yeah, the the beavers settling in has been has been really amazing to watch, um, and it's been so reassuring from the word go. To be honest with you, so as you can imagine, when a wild animal is captured and then brought down to a completely different place and then released onto site, this this site they've been released, this is not home. Mm-hmm. So it's a case of yeah, as someone looking after a project, you're a bit worried that the animals are going to be. I don't know, just exploring their surroundings and, and, and not really settled. So not necessarily doing normal behavior. So with an enclosed site, you might think it, um, they might be roaming around the fence lines. Now, the project site they've been in, introduced to is four hectares in size. So it's a big, big enclosed site. So they've got lots of complex habitat to um, forage around in. It's a wet woodland site um, with water flowing through it nicely. Um, so the, the habitat there is, is like beaver paradise, really. But when an animal is released to site, you just you just don't know if they're going to behave normally. So my primary concern initially was when they were released was we really really want to be set, seeing them settle in really quickly. Um, and the first sort of few days weeks of the animals being released onto site, I was there every single day. I was like a kid at Christmas, to be honest with you. It was it was it was a case right. I want to get to the site, see what the beavers have been doing, see if I could see the animals, make sure that they're settling in nicely um, and the signs was really really encouraging from the word go so on the third night it was so beavers are nocturnal animals so they're mostly active during the hours of darkness um, and on the third night of being on site they built they built their very first dam and beavers building dams it's a case of well that that's normal behavior that is what beavers do so beavers build dams in order to create deep water in which they feel safe. 
And so to see them doing this on the third night of being there and discovering the very first dam in Dorset for well over 400 years, again, was a magical experience and was just show, so reassuring that these animals are starting to settle in. Um, and in recent times, so the beavers have been there for, yeah, over a year and a half now. And this year, we have had the really exciting news that the beavers have bred. So we've had them building dams. They've also built a lodge as well. So the lodge is, uh, is an underground chamber system where they spend, they rest and sleep during the day. Um, they've, they've built a lodge, they've built dams, but they've also now bred. So all these signs are clear signs that these animals are happy, healthy, and just really flourishing in their Dorset home. It's so great to hear that the beavers have been settling in and you actually mentioned that they've bred, which is obviously super encouraging. Can you tell us more about that? How many kits have they had? How did you find out? Yeah, so um, so this year, um, because of all that went on last year with regards to trapping, this was, this was the first year where they've had that potential to breed. So back in February 2021, we released two adult beavers. So it was an adult male and an adult female that we introduced to site. So the potential was there to breed. Um, but that first year was a bit disruptive with what was going on. So these animals, they're, they're, they're not prolific breeders. They only breed uh, once a year. Um, so mating generally occurs sort of late December into early February, so winter time. And then if the mating is successful, you'll get some kits that are born roughly 105 days on average later. And they'll be born in the lodge system and they can be between one and four kits in general um, and yeah so this spring we were really really excited to find out if the animals had bred but again it's no guaranteed but if the animals are happy and healthy there's always that chance and yeah we had we were looking out for signs so we've got a number of trail cameras up and around the site um, so constantly looking at them so when the kits are born um, they're born in the lodge system and then they'll spend about a probably a month within the lodge before they emerge. Um, so around when the kits are born in maybe May time, you're thinking, well, June. June is a time when we might actually see them out and about exploring their uh, watery surroundings for the first time. And yeah, we had we had um, yeah the lucky and the just exciting experience of spotting one of these beaver kits on a trail camera that was um, investigating what was moving around um, at night. and. Uh, yeah, seeing seeing a beaver kit caught on on camera for the very first time was was just was just again so reassuring. Um, so when we saw this, it was like right, these these animals are bred. We've got, we've got young beavers on site. How many do we have now? <laughs> establishing how many beaver kits you've got on site is not easy because when we've been capturing these animals on camera, generally you don't see them at the same time. So it was decided that a few of us Dorset Wildlife Trust staff, we'd, we'd go out to site and we'd do a, a couple of stakeouts of an evening mm -hmm. and of a night to see if we could actually see, see the beavers, spot them with our binoculars. So sitting in, in full camouflage on, on <laughs> next to the water there and, and looking out for any signs of beavers. And um, yeah, after a few nights, we were, we, were, we were confident that we had two beaver kits. So every now and again, you'd see one and then because they're in and around the water, they dive down and they can hold their breath for up to 15 minutes. That's wow. the potential. Generally, it's a lot less than that, but they can dive down. And then, as you can imagine, they, they don't pop up anywhere nearby and they pop up somewhere else. You think, is that 
is that the same one that's dived? Yeah. Uh, so it did. It was quite a challenge to to count the number of beavers that beaver kits that were out there. But after a few nights and, and re- looking at their habits and seeing the animals, we were confident and we we confirmed that there were two beaver kits that were born to sight. So yeah, really really encouraging. Like I say, that these animals are have settled into their Dorset surroundings so well. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. As you say, that the beavers felt comfortable enough to breed and produce these two kits. Does it actually change anything within the project? You maybe weren't expecting the beaver, the two kits to be born. Yeah. So um, these these are incredibly inf- influential animals. So the more beavers there are on site, the more influence they're going to have. So beavers will typically live in in social groups. So you'll have a dominant breeding pair, and then the potential is to have two generations of young. So they're social animals and they live in these family groups so the more beavers you have the more impact they're going to have so beavers are known as ecosystem engineers that's one of the terms they get um they get called over 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 time and it's a case of well what does that mean what does ecosystem engineers mean well it basically means that these animals have the ability to engineer the landscape and produce a whole affect a whole ecosystem basically so they're building dams to create deep water in which they feel safe. And when they build dams, they're creating this wetland. And as we all know, water is the most precious thing we have. And if they're generating uh, generating these wetlands, it's going to it's going to generate la- uh, life in the landscape. So, um, yeah, incredibly influential animals. And the more you have out there, obviously, the more impact they're going to have. So the young kits to start with for the first. Um, first three or four weeks they're they're dependent on the milk of their mother Um, and then over time they uh, they start to um, they start to incorporate vegetation in their diet Um, so beavers are strictly herbivores Mm -hmm. Um, they're eating vegetation um, and a mixture throughout throughout the year but um, yeah the kits are, are also have taking milk to start with now after maybe three months they're weaned completely off of off of milk uh, and then they'll be eating a lot more vegetation so that whole thing with regards to beavers eating eating plants in around the site that that creates that creates um, uh, diversity within the landscape just the fact that they're going out normal beaver business they're eating plants Uh, it's a case of they can they can they'll be eating potentially dominant species of, of plant and then it creates gaps where other plants can coexist together basically so like like our herbivores like cows and sheep or deer etc herbivores in the landscape creates diversity by the fact they're eating eating plants it enables lots of different species to coexist it's the same with beavers so the fact they're just eating and go about their normal business creates that diversity so as you say beavers are actually herbivores they don't eat fish no yeah they they definitely don't eat fish they're strictly herbivores so their diet as herbivores is actually incredibly varied. So the spring and summer months, um, the majority of their diet will actually be the herbaceous vegetation, all that green growth we see on 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 the on the woodland floor or next to next to a riverbank, um, and also all that aquatic plant life that's actually in the water. And incredibly, about it can be up to ninety percent of their diet can be this herbaceous plants and the aquatic plants during the spring and summer, and then. As we know, beavers are renowned for eating trees. Um, so in the autumn, winter time, this is when they turn more of their attention to trees. So in theory, in the autumn, winter time, all our herbaceous vegetation tends to die back 
more it gets colder loses loses um, its uh, its nutrient content and beavers then turn their uh, their attention to trees now eating trees they're not they're not particularly nutritious to be honest mm. with you so beavers have to have to eat a fair amount um, and they're stripping that cambian layer that bark layer of the tree that is what they're eating they're not eating the heartwood of the tree they'll eat the small shoots and the leaves of the tree but it's that cambian layer and that bark layer that they're stripping off the tree and eating and willow is by far their favorite tree for eating and if you think about evolution over over millions of years beavers beavers have they're the original coppices of trees so they're eating willow and they would have been eaten eating willow for millions of years and a survival strategy for willow is the fact that if you coppice willow, it grows really quickly. Oh. Um, and that is because beavers have, and different animals have been eating it for millions of years. Um, another really interesting fact with regards to a, a beaver's diet and their digestive strategies is the fact that beavers practice something called cacotrophy. And this is where they produce a special green feces in which they then re-ingest. So eating their own poo. Um, sounds a bit grim, but it's an amazing digestive strategy. So when they're eating the bark of, off of trees, it's a really low nutrient content. So in order to get a second bite of the cherry, as it were, they then produce a special green feces, which you then re-ingest. So a second bite of the cherry to get those nutrients. Oh, wow, that's something I didn't know. Fascinating stuff there. But also, where they're creating that, like I say, that dam and that wetland environment, that just it, it's, it's just going to be massive massive amounts of disturbance and disturbance in a landscape will generate life that's what that's what we need that's what we try to recreate on our on our nature reserves so when we're out there doing work in, on the nature reserves we're doing coppicing we're doing scrub clearance we're putting grazing cattle grazing sheep out on the reserve that's trying trying to recreate that disturbance which would have formerly been done in in history by by large herbivores so um, yeah, disturbance sounds a bit negative, but mm. it's not a negative word with regards to ecology. Disturbance is vital for the generation of new life. So that's what beavers can do. Yeah, and, and you touched on diversity there. Being so hands-on with the project and being down the sites often, have you noticed yourself any uplift in biodiversity, um, any species that are, have increased in numbers? Um, so the science side of things, so it's a case of yeah, a lot of the science will come in in latter years. So we're still quite early in the project. Mm -hmm. um, so for data to have real, real meaning, whether it be biodiversity, wildlife changes, or the water water flow and water quality, it's a case of the longer data set you have, the more it means. But there's some sort of anecdotal things you can already see. So the major changes to sites, the fact that the beavers have built dams, they built three in total now. They've created this mass of water um, a watery uh, wetland on the site and um, and and yeah all that water has the potential to make a real impact and things if you think of species which really rely on water so our amphibians so our frogs our toads our newts um, they're going to be really potentially benefiting from having beavers back in a dorset landscape so our, our project site one of the things we are are monitoring is is the abundance of frog spawn for example so Frogs will come to water to, in order to breed, and then the eggs, the frogs will hatch into tadpoles, as we know, and then finally develop into frogs. Now, without that water there, frogs have no places, they don't have any places to breed. So what you'd expect, um, the fact that beavers have, have created this wetland, you expect frogs to come here, and over time, you'd, you'd, 
you'd end up with more frogs and more toads and more newts because they will flourish in this watery landscape that's being created. Now, if you think back over time, we've, we've drained so much of our land. So even though we've said water is the most precious thing we have, we've drained so much of our land. I think it's about 90% of wetlands have been lost in England in the last 100 years. Wow. And if you think about all those species that rely on water, and let's face it, we all rely on water. If, if we didn't have water, we wouldn't be here ourselves. Um, but amphibians, especially that, that breed in around water, they get their numbers across the landscape are going to be dramatically reduced. Um, those of us that, that are lucky enough to have gardens, if you dig a pond in your garden, the wildlife will find it. Yeah, Frogs, yeah, newts, etc. Will, will come and find it. And it's the same with beavers naturally working in the landscape, building their dams, creating their wetlands. Wildlife will find, will find it. Um, this summer's been incredibly dry, hasn't it? It's been, yeah. uh, it's been good if you're a sun worshipper. It's been <laughs> plenty of plenty of family trips to the beach. But with regards to wildlife in the landscape, you think of, again, all those species that rely on water. Um, wetlands in the landscape would have been really, really important ref refuges for, for wildlife it, it, during that dry time. Um, so uh, the beavers in the landscape at our Dorset project um, were a really, really good advocate for them being in the landscape because they were really helping to store water on the land. So most, yeah, the way we've managed land over the years, we've, we've, we've drained the land, we've tried to get rid of that water. Um, we've tried to put all that water in the, in the one place and get it off to the sea as quickly as possible. But if you think about it, it's the most precious thing we have. And when, when we have times of low rainfall, we're, we're struggling. There's hose pipe ban, bans, etc. And wildlife wise, ponds are starting to dry up rivers are dropping low etc but this is where beavers are can have a really dramatic impact the fact they're helping land to store water for longer so they're slowing that water down creating this wetland and then at times when there is dry weather it's a place where where animals can go and find refuge and, and make use of that water that's being kept there yeah okay yes yeah, so it sounds like obviously beavers have such a benefit to wildlife and people um what has the reception been like when you have taken people down to visit the site? So the majority of, of feedback um, from having our project set up is, is positive. So these animals, like I say, they're such influential animals. And if, we, if we're all serious about biodiversity loss, and it, these, these are key animals in it that, that can help to generate more life in the landscape. Um, so these are sort of big, big steps we have to make. Bringing back a, a, a native mammal Mm. It's, it's, a, it's really big and like I say these are such influential animals and we've we've forgotten what it's like to coexist with this species so the majority of feedback is is positive but at the same time because these in these animals are so influential there, there is potential for conflict so um, <clears throat> it's yeah not everyone is necessarily in favor of having beavers back um, the conflict could could come in various ways so for example so mentioned that beavers are herbivores so one of the things they eat at certain times they eat, they eat trees um, they'll eat the bark off of trees they'll eat the leaves and the shoots so they do fell trees for food also for their dam building um, work that they're doing so landowners out there not everyone will want their trees nibbled by beavers and if and if you've got trees on your land near to water that is potential if we've got got beavers coming back um, that is the sort of potential things that can happen and, and people are potentially concerned with that 
Um, luckily, there are ways that you can mitigate around that. So you can put tree guards on, you can fence off different sections, you can protect your trees against potential beaver feeding. Um, <clears throat> but again, it, it's a case of educating and awareness about these things. Um, other potential conflict that can have with having beavers back is the fact that when beavers build dams, it can generate a wetland, but when it's doing that, it can cause flooding in areas. So a beaver dam in the wrong place does have that potential to cause flooding because upstream of a beaver dam, where they're slowing the water down, it's pushing water backwards and out. Um, but again, there's ways of mitigating around these sort of, these sort of issues. Um, so it's a case of, right, there are challenges out there, but learning about these animals, mm -hmm. turning a potentially negative situations into positive ones, that's what this sort of project is all about. So Steve, you touched there on how sometimes beaver dams can cause flooding, but I've heard that they can also reduce flooding. So can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So yeah, one of the really exciting things about having beavers back in a landscape and all the research that's, that's um, been done on them already is the fact that, yeah, these animals can help to re actually reduce flooding in a landscape. So when beavers are going about their normal business, they're building dams, creating their deeper water, which they feel safe. It's a case of th these dams are slowing water down. They're storing water on the land, slowing water down. Now, if you think of our, what, what causes flooding, so flooding comes from too much water too quickly, all at once. We put it all, and as we've drained the land for various land uses, so uh, building, development, agriculture, etc., we put all that water in one place. So when it really, really rains heavily, all that water goes in one place and too much water too quickly will, will cause flooding in areas. Now, beaver dams in the landscape, slowing that water down, you have reduced peak flows as you, as you move through a landscape, basically. So it's slowing water down, holding it up, and you're not having that massive rush of water. And the more, the more beavers, more beaver uh, dams in the landscape, the more you're going to see this notable effect. But this is one of the things we're monitoring at the, at the project site. So uh, PhD students from Exeter University, they're, they're, they're monitoring what water's coming into site and what water's going out. So you, they should be able, we should be able to see what, um, what the speeds are. So it should show that beaver dams slow water down during heavy rain and then potentially will reduce um, flooding downstream. Now, this is something that's been studied for a while. So other projects of this nature are already showing that. Um, and yeah, our local, our local site, we also want to be, be showing that as part of the work that we're doing. Um, other water work that we're doing, so we, we might have touched on briefly about water quality. So one of the benefits that beavers can bring is they have that potential um, to filter water. So their dams are slowing water down. Um, sediment and nutrients to being deposited in these beaver ponds and then water that's moving through around the dams and moving further down the landscape is effectively being cleaned it's being like filtered so water quality downstream of, of a beaver beavers actively in the landscape can can show um, positive results in the fact that yeah you have better water quality down downstream and again these are all sort of things we're working with the experts S, uh, wessex water Exeter University, key, key players in, in our partnership project. Um, and yeah, the, the sort of data that will come out on these, the longer data set we have, the more it's going to be valuable. Um, but again, other projects are showing, are showing that water quality and water flow benefits is, is what 
beavers bring. So, yeah, really exciting part of, of the project as well as monitoring the biodiversity and the wildlife changes. Yeah. And then you mentioned Wessex Water and Essex University. How hands-on have they been with this project? Yeah, Exeter University have, 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 have been helping out with beaver projects across the UK so they're really they have such a high level of expertise and really really important to the project um, so yeah they, they're really really influ- influential they're co- collecting a lot of really good information Wessex Water are also um, partnership um, players in the in the project and, and as you can imagine a water company they, they, and you, a, an animal that's coming back that's managing water effectively um, they're they're going to have an interest in that. And if you think about all the water that we use as human beings, um, drinking water, etc., um, it has to be it has to be clean before we, we before we yeah. drink it. So, and if beavers have that potential in the landscape to help to filter water, clean water, maybe in the long term that the process of of cleaning water uh, for us to drink will become easier potentially. Um, but these are all sort of things that we're interested in looking into. So. Uh, yeah, exciting times. So the the two recently born uh, beaver kits, how long could they be expected to live for? Yeah, great question. So yeah, beavers, they're, they're not prolific breeders, so they only breed once a year, um, but they are long-lived animals, So especially for rodents. So the longest-lived beaver in captivity is amazing, 28 years apparently. Wow. Um, but in the wild, they're they're more likely to live with for like a maximum of twelve years. Some sometimes some animals will only live maybe eight or nine. Eight or nine is a good a good lifespan for a beaver. So long lived animals, but they they breed pretty slowly. Oh, okay. So you've mentioned Eurasian beavers, which are the beavers at the the site. Are there other types of beavers out there? <laughs> yeah. So um, so there's two species of beaver. Yeah. in the world so there's the eurasian beaver castafiber the latin name so they're the ones that are native to our shores and um they're the ones we've reintroduced to site but there's also the north american or canadian beaver which as the name suggests is native to uh, north america um yeah they're, they're very similar animals to be honest with you they're, there's not much difference in the in the size and shape of these animals they look very similar so identifying which is which if you had two lined up together, wouldn't be that easy. Um, with regards to their habits, um, the North American or, or Canadian beavers tend to build bigger dams, but it's all, it all depends on the habitats. All the habitats across the world, as you know, are very different where there's water, so different species are having to adapt in different ways. But, um, but yeah, they're, 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 fairly, they're very similar animals. And the beavers in the Dorset Beaver Project site are fenced in and protected, as you say. Yeah. What protection do beavers have in Dorset and the UK? Okay, so yeah, this is a really, really exciting bit to talk about. So as of the 1st of October 2022, so this year, Mm -hmm. um, this autumn, beavers were officially recognised as a native species again in England. Um, And with that comes a level of protection, so it's illegal to intentionally harm or injure a beaver and also their homes are protected so their lodges and their burrow systems which they're living in are protected also so um yeah when you bring back a species of the, of, of this nature and they're obviously rare in england at, mm-hmm. at the moment um it is so encouraging to have that recognition and protection um but rightfully so recognized as a native species again in england because let's face it they were here long before us yeah i know they've been missing for for a long time but this is their rightful home um, so it's good to have this legislation 
now in place. Yeah, fan- it's absolutely fantastic that they are now protected. And since being granted this protection, what does that? What does the future now hold for the beavers in Dorset? Um, so it's a case of in in the future, in the near future, there will be information that's released by the government with regards to reintroduction projects of beavers without without fencing. So obviously our, our project out west Dorset is is an enclosed fence project, but the future is obviously having beavers without fence lines. Um, so information will be coming out soon in relation to how about we go about that process. Now, this this goes back to why our project is so important. So um, having having a site where you can take local people, local landowners, etc., who may one day have beavers on their land or it's a case of we can we can use our site as that site for engagement and education where we can all learn to live and increase our awareness and awareness and understanding of beavers and um, learn to coexist alongside these animals again it it will take time but it's a it's a case of yeah we have the resources to do it and, and we need to get beaver ready so it sounds like it's been a busy few years uh, at the beaver site what's next for the project yeah, sure. So, yeah, the the project is licensed until March 2025. So it's a five-year project. So we're still in the early stages, really. Um, but, yeah, there's going to be lots and lots and lots of exciting things going on. So we've already started our in- engagement um, program. So we're trying to take as many people as possible to the site so we can all learn about these magnificent creatures and raise awareness and understanding of, of what it means to have beavers back in a in a local landscape. Um, but as, as well as that, there's the science and um, all the monitoring work is, is going to continue. Um, and yeah, it would just hopefully paint a picture really of what, of what beavers in a local landscape really means again. And, and, and how we can learn to coexist with these, these amazing creatures. Um, t- to, do, to do that, obviously the engagement is, is paramount. We, we can't take everyone, sadly, to the site. But there's a lot of other ways of engaging, so through the through the website and um, through blogs, etc., social media. So hopefully we can get the word out there about about what it means to be having these magnificent creatures back, and yeah. um, and and all learning to coexist with the species once again. It's not an easy thing, but it's a really, really, really important thing that we we need to do. Absolutely, it sounds like it is a project that has so many benefits to the community and wildlife personally what has been your highlight cool that's a really tricky one um so highlights are obviously seeing the animals settle in so quickly and reintroducing such an influential mammal back to dorset in 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 our project site um seeing them build their first dams seeing them create a lodge obviously breeding there's kits on site so there's four beavers on site now and and taking people there and involving communities, as you say. So doing guided tours, showing people what it means to have beavers back in Dorset. And uh, we're lucky enough at the project site, a lot, a, lot um, a lot of the work that goes on out on site, like looking after the site and monitoring, a lot of it's done by volunteers. So engaging with the local volunteers who are absolutely key to the project. Uh, we mentioned donors earlier, but... Um, with regards to funding but also the volunteer hours that are put in are absolutely paramount to keeping this project going um, and when you're getting people involved yeah it, it's just it's just um, it's a lucky position for me to be in really to be able to involve others and um, 
and yeah, just to learn about these magnificent creatures and, and what they can what they can bring to a Dorset landscape. Yeah, well, thank you, Steve. Thank you so much for joining us today to chat about the Dorset Beaver Project. We're looking forward to hearing all the updates as the kits grow and the site progresses and looking forward to what the future holds. Well, it's great to hear all that news. And as Steve mentioned, projects like these are only possible with the continued support of our members, partners, our volunteers and donators. So this is the perfect opportunity to say a huge thank you to all of you who've donated both your time and your finances to the Beaver Project. If you haven't had the opportunity to support our work and this has inspired you to make a donation, then please head to our website, dorsetwildlifetrust.org.uk forward slash donate. Your support will help us to lead the recovery and restoration of nature here in Dorset. If you'd like to specifically donate to the Beaver Project, then you can also do that via our website. Just use the search feature and type in Beaver Project and that will lead you to our Beaver Project page where you can choose the amount that you wish to donate. Well, that brings today's episode to a close, but we hope you'll join us again for another episode of Wildlife Matters.